They're all big subjects to me. Um, I need the Lord's help. I really do. I have... Back a few months ago, we tried to preach on that Jesus Christ is God. And He is. He's 100% God and 100% man. And we talked a little bit about the Spirit, that it's God too. That He is God. And... As we begin to think about that and this week, and uh, we want to try to talk a little bit to you about the Spirit of God. We made mention earlier this morning in, in, in the preliminaries that we've said this oftentimes, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, and there's freedom. And certainly today, I, I pray that we never get in a place to where we simply go through the motions of service. Because maybe we're in a time confront, you know. Uh, preacher, it's, it's 1130. Uh, we've got dinner at, at 12. We've got dinner at 15 after 12. Uh, I pray that we never get in a place to where we constrain our time because of the things of the world. Uh, today is the Lord's day. It's a day that He's made. It's a day that uh, we know that He... Uh, come up out of the tomb on the first day of the week. And since then, it's a day that we try to gather together that we might worship Him. As He said there in the, uh, to the woman at the well, He said, you must worship me in spirit and in truth. And those two things coincide together. Oftentimes we talk about the truth and His Word is truth. Uh, it is. Jesus Christ is truth. But we must worship Him in spirit. And we know these things to be evident. I know all of us know these things. Uh, but today I, I really want to uh, uh, try to bring some of this home. Uh, that we might truly, uh, I, I guess, take a grasp of it. I, I believe in my whole heart uh, that collectively uh, throughout all of our churches... There is a lacking of spirit. Uh, there's a lacking of earnest, true heart, felt desire for the presence of God's Spirit. Now there's a, uh, a great push for truth. And my friend, uh, we can err in the sense of the truth. But we have to have the Spirit of God each and every time that we come together to assemble ourselves together, there needs to be the Spirit. He directs our services. He directs our singing. He direct. You ever heard anybody uh, play the Spirit and piano, uh, Sister Jenny? I have. I've seen it evident here. I've seen people get up and they're playing the piano and you think, how in the world can they play in the Spirit? I've seen it and I've experienced it. Every aspect of our service needs to coincide together. Those two things work together, spirit and truth. And uh, this morning we want to try to talk a little bit about that. I, I was at a revival this week and I had heard a, uh, a preacher friend of mine, I, I love him uh, very much, and he was talking about how 
uh, you could tell that his heart was uh, deeply convicted about the things that he was saying. And he said, I, I struggle in a sense to see where our churches are. And he was maybe even uh, talking a little bit about the church there that he was at. And he made reference, he said, you know, he said, it seemed like years ago, he said, when the preacher got up to preach about the Lord's return, he said, I can remember and recall hearing about how that I would leave that service and think, will that, mo will that moon turn to blood red tonight? And he said, I began to think, he said, I would leave service and I was looking out and wondering if that moon was going to turn to blood. He said, because as that preacher was preaching, he said he had such a strong conviction in his heart and he believed in his heart that the Lord could return right then. He said, when God's people assembled themselves together, he said, not only did the preacher have a conviction about what he was preaching, and what he believed what he, what he was preaching was true, but he said, the people of God had a conviction. And they had a believing heart that those things that was preached were true also. And they had a conviction upon their heart. And today, I, I, I look around and I'm not pointing any fingers. I, I guess I'm even talking about myself a little today. But my friend, we have to believe the Word of God and the truth of it and what it says. And there needs to be a conviction, an earnest conviction about God's people and what it is that we're doing here. An earnest desire and conviction. And my friend, I, I began to think about the way that things we talk about, uh, the years that's gone by, and we think about how uh, uh, things used to be, and I, I really only got to experience a little part of that growing up. But my friend, we've seen the glory of God here, and we've experienced the Spirit, but it's my desire that each and every Sunday that we gather here, that the Spirit of God would manifest in such a presence that all we could do was sit back and be in awe of the glory of God. I've heard people talk about, I've seen, I've got a, a, a picture, I'll get into my subject in a minute here, but I, I've got a picture that a lady gave me, a member at Mount Zion, when I first went there, the pastor, of a revival that they had of three weeks, that spanned three weeks, and they went down to the water's edge, and I believe they baptized 50-something candidates. And you think, well, preacher, that was, back in the, that was back in the early 19th century. That was a different time. God is not changed. God is still the same. He's not changed. So therefore, what's changed? Has the gospel changed? Has the truth of God's Word changed? But yet, has people and their convictions changed? Have we got so much uh, uh, raveled in the world and the things of the world that it has taken precedence over our life to a point to where we kind of just want to go through the motions of things? I'm afraid so sometimes. This morning, we want to talk to you, like I said, just a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I believe it was the Lord Jesus said over there that uh, I believe it's over in the 16th chapter. He said that 
uh, the Spirit or the Comforter would guide you or lead you in all truth. It will lead and guide into all truth. And uh, this morning, I, I began to think about those things and I want to take for a reading lesson some of it. We're going to be a couple of different places this morning. Do pray for us, but we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke uh, in the second chapter. Gospel of Luke in the second chapter. Pray for me this morning. Uh, my voice is struggling. I'm going to try to slow down just a little bit. <clears throat> Second chapter of Luke. It says, When the days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, this is in the 21st verse, his name was called Jesus, which was so called by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses was accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and, a, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child of Jesus to do for him after the customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now settest thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce, pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And I want to stop there. If you want to continue your own reading, he goes on to talk about a woman named Anna, and she was there present. But right now, our focus is upon this man, as we find here that Joseph and Mary had made their ways that they might accomplish uh, the customs and the uh, the purification process that they might present him to the Lord there at the temple. And we find this man, and I've always thought that this, uh, uh, this scripture was interesting. I've never had the opportunity to say preach on it. Uh, but this man, he found himself there. And I began to think about him. And I, I, I believe in my heart that uh, there was a, a many, if you will, that, uh, that was in Israel. Uh, that had uh, been around and had been waiting for the promised Messiah. Uh, they had been waiting for this one called Jesus. Now, if you remember, uh, there was many that had made a talk, if you will, had gone around and was talking about uh, John's birth. 
and uh, those things that were to come of it. And I believe in my heart that uh, uh, this man, uh, Simeon, he had heard the things of uh, what was going to come to pass uh, about the Lord Jesus. But I believe in my heart that he had a searching in his heart that uh, he might see the Lord before he closed his eyes in death. I believe he had a desire. I believe he had an earnest prayer uh, this morning. And and as God's people uh, this morning, we need to have an earnest prayer and an earnest desire in our heart. Uh, My friend, a conviction, if you will, uh, for the presence of God and where He might direct us in our life. Uh, You say, well, Brother Casey, I'm just not being fed. I'm not being fed. Uh, uh, Listen, uh, I want you to understand this morning that that ultimately comes down between you and the Lord and the truth of His Word and Him revealing it to you. Uh, My friend, I believe as a pastor, it's my responsibility to feed the flock of God. That's what the Scripture says. Uh, But my friend, you have to be willing to eat of what's presented to you. It's not my place to force you to eat. But my friend, it's the Spirit of God that will feed you to get you in a place. I've seen uh, we living in a time now, and I've told you before that I I don't have a problem with people using Bible apps and things of that nature. I believe they've they've been a great help to me. Uh, But my friend, when we're in the service of God and we're in His house, uh, and I believe we, uh, there comes a time for everything. That's what Solomon said. He, says, he said there's a time for everything. A season for everything. But my friend, when we're in the service of the Lord's house, uh, my friend, it's time to serve the Lord. It's time to put away everything else. It's time to put away the things of the world. It's time to put our focus off from what Monday morning brings or what 2 o'clock in the afternoon brings. But it's time to focus on right here and right now. That's where our focus needs to be. But this man had an earnest desire. He had a conviction in his heart that he might see the Messiah. The Bible says then that uh, it was revealed unto him uh, by the Holy Ghost. It said the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now I realize this morning uh, that we can't always walk in the Spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. But my friend, we need to have ourselves in a place uh, where we are trying our very best to walk according to the truth of His Word and to have our life in a place that we're trying our best to walk in the Spirit of God as much as we can. Because, my friend, this world desires to get you in a place. You know the wonderful thing about being saved is Jesus said that that no man can pluck them out of His hand. Once you're saved, I believe in the the eternal security of the saints. I believe that you're always saved. I believe that. But my friend, don't be weary in thinking that Satan's not coming to seek you and to sift you as wheat, to get you in a place to where you can't feel the Spirit of God moving, to get you in a place where you're cold-hearted, to get you in a place to where you can't feel like you can serve God. Have you ever been there? I have. I've been in services before and the Spirit of God be so thick and people's moving and they're talking and they're, they're, they're enjoying. There's a, a joy that's unspeakable, full of glory. 
coming out of them. And I think to myself, Lord, why, why don't I feel that? What's wrong? And you know what I have to do? I have to start searching my heart. Lord, get me in a place, God, where you can use me. Lord, get me in a place where I can feel your presence. You know what? I mean, listen, this morning as the children of God, isn't that one of the most wonderful things? To feel the Spirit move upon you. The Spirit of God just pass across you. And you think, man, that feels good. And what is it? It keeps drawing you back. You want more of it and more of it. And it just feels so good. man said the Holy Ghost was upon him and it said it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The Lord had revealed to him, had spoken to him, had given him peace. He said, Simeon, you shouldn't see death until you see the Lord's Christ. My friend, listen to me this morning. We have to listen to the instruction of the Holy Spirit that He leads us in our life. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to Him as He tries to direct you and steer you in spirit and in truth in every aspect of your life. Do you realize this morning that the Spirit of God will never lead you or direct you in anything that's contrary to His Word? He'll only lead you into truth. He'll only reveal to you those things that are true. That's what he said. He said, it shall lead you and guide you in all truth. He'll not lead you and guide you to do something that's contrary to the truth of his word. He won't do it. He'll lead you into all truth. I believe this morning that it's a feeling kind of way. Some people have a hard time with that. I had a man one time, I was talking to him, and he said, you know, he said, you Baptists are all emotional. Well, I began to think about that. I told him, I said, well, let me put it to you this way. I said, I believe when God puts something in your heart that's full of joy, unspeakable, and full of glory, I believe it better stir up a I believe it better stir up an emotion inside of you. Joy is an emotion. It better stir something up inside of you because if it doesn't, something's wrong. So uh, I've heard people say, well, uh, uh, that's just an emotion. Listen, uh, there's a, 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 it seems like a scheme of things going around that people say, well, uh, that's emotionalism. Listen to me this morning. There is a difference between standing up and talking about uh, granny and grandpa. And listen, I talk a little bit about my pa and my mother special to me. They took me to hear the gospel. But my friend, I'm more thankful about what they done for me. Uh, listen, it's it's not about me missing them. Yes, I love them. And they were good to me. But thanks be unto God, they took me where I could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a difference in trying to work something up and then being led by the Spirit. We're not in the business of working something up, are we? We're not in the business of working something up. We're in the business of being led by the Holy Spirit of God. 
That's what the Lord had laid upon him. He said, here it is. He said, you shall not see death until you see the Lord's Christ. My friend, when God makes a promise to you, it'll be true. Does God put a restraint upon His time? No, He doesn't. But I'll tell you this, God's always right on time. He's always right on time. I feel like I'm tarrying too much here. It says, He came by spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child to do for him after the customs of the law. It said, He took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. He took him up in his arms. It said, Mary and Joseph marveled at the things that he said. Listen, uh, did anybody have to tell him that, hey, this is the Lord's Christ? No, but the Spirit of God revealed it to him who it was. That's the way the Spirit works. Listen, I've heard people, uh, uh, they talk, I'm all over the place this morning. I remember, I've had people tell me, they said, Brother Casey, and boy, I don't mean to make you, I I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Uh, I've had some people I, I wondered about their soul for a long time and had prayed many prayers for them and loved them dearly and I'd get done preaching and they'd say Brother Casey I, I sure I could feel the spirit in what you were saying today I could feel the spirit of God moving listen to me listen to what Romans says it says for as many are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God It says, for they have not received the spirit of bondage again of fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Listen, that just, I can't tell you whether or not this morning you've been saved. But listen to me this morning. The Spirit of God will not deceive you. It will lead you into all truth. How do you know that you're a child of God? Because the Spirit lets you know that you're a child of God. That's the way it works. How did I know that I was lost and separated from God? Because the convicting power of God, it convicted me. It let me know that I was lost and separated from Him. And that same Spirit, in a different manner, let me know that I was one of His children. He took away all of that fear. He took away all of that conviction. It was gone. I was thinking about the way I've heard stories all my life of the way things used to be. The way things used to be. You know really what the difference is the way things used to be compared to the way things are now? I wholeheartedly believe that our parents and grandparents, they depended upon God. For every aspect of their life, they depended on Him for everything. They couldn't just go down to the store and walk in and get uh, food. I, listen, my, my pa, he slaughtered hogs. He'd hang them up, and I can remember that being a boy. Smoking them hams, I remember that. That's what we eat. We raised our crops. we done all of those things. We had gardens. We couldn't just, you didn't have the money to go down and just get whatever you wanted. And listen, I'm just as spoiled as anybody else is. But they didn't have that luxury. They depended on God for everything. 
I can remember a time people saying years ago that they used to pray for their mules. How many of us get up in the morning and thank God for the cars that we got that gets it up and down the road? They prayed for their mules that they could get out and work with them. They depended upon them things. The perception was different. I'm just as spoiled as anybody else is. But they depended on God for every aspect of their life. My aunt still to this day has flour, flour meal dresses that my mom sold for her that she wore. Quilts, homemade quilts that she stitched together, every stitch. And I believe in all my heart as she was making those things, she was praying. She had a prayer upon her heart. They were led by the Spirit. They had a sense of conviction. You say, preacher, things are just different today than they were then. I've changed. The Lord God hadn't changed. I have. It says, he, uh, it said, Joseph and Mary marveled at these things which were spoken of him and Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, Mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many of Israel for a sign which shall be spoken against. Ye a sword shall pierce through his own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was, uh, and he begins to talk about those things that God had revealed to him. My friend, if you'll allow it this morning, the Spirit of God will reveal to you some things. It'll let you know what's true and what's not true. The Spirit of God will reveal to you His Word. Now, if you just open His Word up and you try to look and try to dig, I, that's a good thing to try to learn. But my friend, when we study the Word of God, we need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. What does the Spirit have to do with it? It says that it quickens it. It makes it alive. He opens His Word up to us. And then His Word can be a lamp and a light into our feet. I love this third chapter of John over here. He says that the Lord spoke to a man by the name of Nicodemus. It says, There was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And the same came by Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be, old, uh, be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And my friend, this morning, I was thinking earlier this week, or even yesterday morning, I was 
I had raised the, the door there on the garage, and I had some leaves that had blowed in, and I was trying to sweep them leaves out, and about the time that I was sweeping those leaves out, a big gust of wind come back in and blowed them leaves back in. I began to think about the Spirit of God and how much we need the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is what does the convicting. The Spirit of God is what does the saving. The Spirit of God is what we need in our service. You want more Spirit? You know what we need to do? Have an earnest prayer on our heart, Lord. Lord, make it like it was over there uh, when they come into the temple. Lord, make it where uh, that it was just the glory of the Lord came in so strong that they couldn't even minister. Make the Spirit strong. Lord, give me something to do. How many of us this morning, and I'm, this is a rhetorical question, but how many of us this morning asked God to give us something to do before we got here? Lord, use me. Lord, take me. Use me. Let me feel your presence. Lord, let me feel your spirit. You know, sometimes good intentions mean a whole lot. I believe there's a whole lot of people in the world today that have real good intentions. I'm going to back up. Before I get into this. Jesus told Nicodemus. He was an educated man. He was a Pharisee. He told him. He said you must be born again. He said how can a man be born again. Enter into his mother's womb when he is old. He tried to figure it out. You can't figure it out with this. It won't work that way. God has to let you know. We talk about it being a feeling kind of way because that's what it is. It's a feeling kind of way. You ask me how I know that I'm, I'm going to heaven. You ask me how I know I, that same man that said, boy, y'all are emotional. You know what he said? He said, I don't understand how you can know. He said, I hope that when I die that I'm going to heaven. I said, I've got a lively hope that's within me. But I said, I know, I stand before you as confident today that if what God done for me as a nine-year-old little boy don't get me to heaven, I don't know what will. I'm confident in that, and I can die with that. I'm confident in it. You know why? Because Jesus gave me a new birth. I was born again. The Spirit of God. I think it's a struggle. You've heard me say before, every time that I stand, I need the Lord's help. I can't do it alone. Every preacher that ever preaches needs the Spirit of God. Some preachers are different. Every preacher uh, this morning that's been called, they're all different. Every one of you are different from one another. But allow the Spirit of God, uh, allow yourself to be used by the Spirit However the Spirit of God leads you. That's where the freedom of it is. But make sure that it's of God. Oftentimes I've gone to revivals in different places and I think, boy, I, I talk all the time. I get, hear, I get tired of hearing myself talk. I just want to go and sit down and be part of the service and God will move on my heart. And half the time I'm sitting there praying, Lord, is this you before I make a move? Lord, I want to know that this is you. 
Make sure it's of God. How do you know it's of God? Because he'll lead you into all truth. I was thinking about this week over here in 2 Samuel. I'm, I'll just paraphrase some of this for time's sake. David has a desire, 2 Samuel in 6th chapter. Well, we'll just read some of it here. Y'all forgive me for some of the mistakes we may make through the reading. It says, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David rose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between cherubs. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad, uh, that is, uh, was in Gibeah. And uh, Uzzah and Ahau, the sons of Abinadad, drove the, drove the new car. And it says, when they brought out of the house of Abinadad, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the people in the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even the harps and south uh, uh, and trembles and cornets and cymbals. And when they came to Nacon, the threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of that place Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come unto me? And, uh, and David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into that city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obinadom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obinadom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Adam and all his household. And I want to stop there for just a moment. Uh, if you'll remember uh, with the mistakes that we've made reading, and I'm, I apologize, uh, but if you'll remember, uh, if you'll go back, I believe it's in 1 Samuel, you'll find there where uh, 1 Samuel in the 4th chapter, how that the Philistines had uh, took in the Ark of the Covenant and uh, they had it in their presence and uh, it was causing them much destruction. The people there were present. They said, uh, we want it gone, return it back. And uh, the Bible says that they were trying to think of a new uh, a way that they might send it back. And it says that they brought forth a new cart. And you'll find here that uh, in this same instance, David had a desire as he was anointed king and uh, that he might bring the ark there into Jerusalem, into the city of David. He had that desire. And there was a man that, uh, that, that it was there. Uh, I, I, the, the ark had been there, I believe, about some 20 years. And as he made way that he might bring the Ark of the Covenant there in the city of David, uh, this man by Abinadad, his son, who had been around it uh, for a, a majority of his life, had, had been there, had been accustomed to it, if you will, uh, he reached forth his hand as this ox was carrying this new cart as they went by the threshing floor. 
and it shook, and he reached forth his hand to steady the cart. Now, I believe he had real good intentions. I believe his intentions was pure in mind. He had a thought process that he wanted to protect the ark, and as it shook, he reached forth to steady it with his hand. But it said then that God uh, had killed him. He died. And you think, boy, that's pretty harsh. And I think David, David even had those thoughts. But if you go into Chronicles, I believe it's 2 Chronicles and maybe in the 15th chapter. Uh, it may be 1 Chronicles, actually. Uh, but it talks more in depth about this. But David wondered it himself. He said, how can we get the ark there? And it said then that David began to ponder upon these things. And he realized that he didn't follow through the order that God would have them to do it. See, there was a procedure on how that they were supposed to carry the ark. There was a way that they were supposed to go about it. And that's the reason why that the ark made its way here to this um, Obinadom, the Gittite. He was actually of the family of the Levites. And it stayed there with him three months. David began to figure out uh, what the law of Moses said on how they were to carry this ark. They were to take it and put it upon the shoulders of the Levite priest. And they were to pack the Ark of the Covenant. Now in your mind you might think, boy that's pretty harsh how that come to be. This man had real good intentions. But my friend this morning we've got to follow the order that God would have our services to go in. And the way that He's laid them out. Now I want to say this. I don't want to get so wrapped up that we get to trying to follow the order. You know, I want to put it to you this way. When God is in order, and His Spirit's in order, everything else will be in order. I think sometimes our problem as God's people is, is we don't want to let go and just let God. Just let go and let God have His way. And when you let go and let God, and you've got a conviction on your heart, for whatever it is. And you've come with an earnest prayer upon your heart. God lead, guide, and direct. God will have His way. I remember Brother Don made mention back a couple months ago. We had a good service here. And Brother Don said, I stayed up half a night praying for our service that God would just show up. You know, I'm not bragging on I couldn't sleep a wink that night either. And you know who showed up on the scene that day? God did. When we get our hearts in a place, Lord, use me. I want to feel your spirit today. Just let go and let go. David had realized that he didn't follow through with the order of God. You ever, you ever left a church service thinking, well, something was just missing today. How easy is it to sit around and point fingers when the first one that needs to be pointed at is me? Lord, what could I have done different today that your presence could have been manifest in that service? Lord, what is it that I could have done differently today? Lord, that you could have used me for your honor and for your glory. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we get hung up on tradition, don't we? Tradition's good. I love tradition. I do. But I tell you what I love more is the Spirit of God. I want the Spirit of God. 
David finally began to examine the Word of God. and He began to look at the truth aspect of it and what the truth of God's Word said and the order of the way things needed to go. And they ended up bringing that ark into the city there. And you know what the Bible says? It says that he danced. All of them danced. There was a great position that was made. There was singing. There was shouting. Now this morning, I'll just tell you, uh, his apparel had changed. He had got down to a place to where he was in a humble state. He had took off his, his robes. He just got down to a place, God, where you can use me. I'm paraphrasing all this, I know. And his wife, she said, David, I just can't believe that you would act such a way in front of all these handmaids. I just can't believe that you would act that way. David pretty much made the reply, it could have been much worse. But David had a desire to serve God. He wasn't out of order. I'm not promoting dancing in the church. That's not what I'm doing. But what I am promoting this morning is, is to follow the Spirit of God. If God puts something on your heart, Listen, this morning we may have a song special, but that doesn't mean that if God don't lead you to sing, then you stand up and you sing it with the best that you can. If God puts something on your heart to stand and just say, thank you God for saving my soul, then this morning be willing to stand and say, thank you God for saving my soul. You know what you may have? You may very well have the key to the service that opens the door. Oftentimes people want to leave it up to the preacher. It's not the preacher's job. You know who's all of it? It's all of our job. It's every one of us. She said, David, I just can't believe you'd act like that. When God is in charge and he's in order, everything else will be right. I've had people, you know, they, uh, folks have said, boy, you Baptists are crazy. You know what? That's okay. Just let them think we're crazy. Everything will be in order when God's in charge. Follow His Spirit. Listen to His voice. Allow Him to speak to your heart. Allow Him to direct our service. Church, we've got a rich history. A rich history. And me as your pastor, I need your prayers. I've had people tell me all the time, Preacher, we're praying through you for you through the week. I need your prayers. I want to bring forth the word that's pleasing unto God. And sometimes I have real good liberty, and sometimes my liberty, it just it isn't what I like it to be. But all I can do is preach what God gives me. This morning, let's follow the Spirit and let's make sure it's the Spirit because if it don't if we don't follow the Spirit sometimes we can get ourselves in trouble you ever supposed to have done something I'm done after this Brother Strode if you get us a song you ever supposed to have done something and then you didn't do it and then you left and the Lord whipped you over it maybe I'm the only one that's happened to And you know what I said, Lord, if you'll let me get back, 
I promise you I'll do what you ask me to do. Let's follow his spirit. Church, it's essential this morning that we follow him in spirit and in truth. That's our message this morning. Go ahead, Brother Stroud. Turn to number 63. Number 63. Let go, 